It's the Machine of Nonsense, episode 65, coming from the post, post-apocalypse. I'm your host, Eric, joined as always by Kayla. Hey, hey. We've got Aaron. Oh. And Wasteland Mike. Hello. <laughs> Wastelander voice. Terrifying. Terrifying. Uh, So we've got a lot going on. We've had uh, the Super Bowl. So there's some trailers that launched with the Super Bowl. The Oscar noms, Boba Fett and Peacemaker both ended. We've got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. And um, Horizon Forbidden West released. Been playing a lot of that. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show, along with our favorite post-apocalypse media. Lots of it out there. Some of it's good. First, let's go around the room and talk about what we've been up to. Uh, I know Aaron, Kayla, and I have been playing some Horizon. We'll leave that talk for the (laughs) second half. Uh, But what have you been up to, Mike? I've been playing uh, Deltarune. On, on Switch. Uh, that's Toby Fox's follow-up to Undertale. Um, there's only two chapters so far. I'm in, I, th- I think I'm about halfway through chapter two. And it's it's pretty similar to Undertale um, mechanically and, and, and stuff like that. It's instead of having just like the earthbound, you only see the enemy. It's like a first-person view. It's more of a Final Fantasy, like you're on the left, they're on the right, like duke it out kind of thing. And uh, uh, that's pretty good. And um, been doing our my Paul Thomas Anderson kind <laughs> of like complete rewatch. Um, got through the master. Uh, there will be blood. Uh, we saw licorice pizza the other day. Finally, really enjoyed that. And uh. Punch Drunk Love. So we still got a couple left, um, but I've really enjoyed all of them so far. And uh, yeah, that's about it. You know, finished up the shows we're going to be talking about and still watching Gemstones. And that's about it. We'll probably be talking about Licorice Pizza a little bit in our uh, our Oscars talk. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that me and Kayla really, really enjoyed our time with that. You said that that you did, um, you know, might come up in the, uh, the snubs section of our Oscar talk, maybe. Um, but, yeah. uh, how about you, Aaron? Uh, you know, Horizon, I'm sure is top of mind, but, uh, anything else? Um, I played a lot of Pokemon Arceus. I, I did absolutely everything in that game. <laughs> Congrats. I, I caught every Pokemon. I completed every Pokemon Pokedex entry. Um, <laughs> I haven't gone back. My brother-in-law, who's um, 14, his response to that was, did you catch all the shinies yet? <laughs> so I guess that's what I have to do yeah. next. <laughs> after, you, after you fill the Pokedex. That sounds like a task. Right. After you fill the Pokedex and you complete all the pages, they give you a, a shiny charm that like doubles the instances of shiny oh, charm. Okay. I've encountered one shiny throughout my whole Pokemon career. Other than Ponyta? Oh, you, uh, have you played Arceus at all? No, not at all. I mean, oh, okay. in any Pokemon game ever. So, well, you uh, got Red Gyarados, right? Yeah, but I, 
Like you mean in, in the wild? wild okay. more, like a, a ghastly is the only one. Yeah, uh, while I was playing this, um, I only saw like it's like because you get you get shiny uh, ponytails a part of a quest, so that doesn't really count. Oh, okay. um, I I saw a, a cricket tune that was shiny, and it got away from me. Damn. So that's that's the only shiny I saw the entire time I was playing. There'd and probably I, be I, some Pokemon that I wouldn't even be able to notice. If right. Well, if they're shiny, almost every almost every Pokemon you see, you see pretty constantly, like everywhere. Like, I didn't even know that much about Cricketune, if we're being honest. But after like I had already seen like three thousand of them, but suddenly he's like orange instead of red. So, cool. so, so I know, I know, of course, that I know what a shiny Pokemon is. Of, co- of course, I mean, but for the the viewers. And and listeners out outside, what the fuck's a shiny Pokemon? They they palette swap it. Yeah, they just the color's different. Like a shiny ponyta will have like a blue flame. Yeah, it's like bluish purple and like um like I caught it. Oh, you know, I, in the game, I also I caught a shiny Hapini, and it was just a different shade of pink. Oof, so I don't ooh, really a shiny Hapini. Yeah. I don't I don't want like a shiny <laughs> Charizard is black. Like a, oh fuck, oh. that's cool. Sometimes it's a really broad like. Yeah. change uh other times it's not so much like the ghastly i have is just like a different shade you know from purple basically like it's not a big jarring change but uh some of them are really cool they've been doing that for since gold and silver i, I wasn't even aware until yeah it's, later it's pretty cool um other than games i watched this really cool show called the curse i sent mike the trailer for it mm. but it's uh it's, it's just a really funny like old-fashioned british heist kind of like show like where like they're like they still they go to they go to rob some money from somewhere they accidentally steal like three tons of gold and then they're trying to get away with it but they're all like idiots it's really funny it's really good um what do you watch it on uh bbc channel four bbc two I uh, so the only way to actually watch it was to use a VPN to trick them into thinking my location was in the UK, <laughs> <laughs> because it hasn't been released in the rest of the world yet. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still it's it's um, app we can fucking get. <laughs> um, I saw like Spencer. The, damn it! I'm calling the Queen and getting this shit <laughs> fixed after that bullshit. <laughs> Does that mean like oh. all of our UK listeners are actually you, Aaron, through your VP? <laughs> it's it's very possible. Oh god. Um, okay. Do you have like, to have a Sudan uh, VPN as well? Because... I've been rotating it two percent of the time. I'm in Canada. You know. Oh god. So. <laughs> oh god. It's all a lie. <laughs> Um, we got eight users and me. It's it's fine. Um, but I had to watch the show. As well as I I like I didn't I wasn't just like browsing random British tel- television shows. It's it's made and acted and it has the actors from the People Just Do Nothing cast. And ah, it's it's amazing. Nice. It's a lot of fun. Kayla, how goes the Seinfeld? Uh... Rewatch, but not real, uh, not a rewatch because it's the first time. Yeah, uh, first time for me. Um, it's it's solid. It's nothing crazy. I'm, I'm. I have no idea what season I'm in. To be quite honest, it's one of those things that you just put on and let ride. Is there a character named Putty yet? I don't think so. Okay. Putty. 
Yeah, yeah, he's pretty less... early in the show, isn't he? I thought he was kind of second half. Like that's how that's how I tell if it's like second half, kind of. Maybe I'm wrong, but you might be uh, right. I think the last thing I saw when you had it paused or something was maybe like mid season four or something was where they are. Uh, um, they are casting for the show about nothing. Oh, that that seems pretty late. But I might. I've never watched Seinfeld like straight through. Only in syndication have I seen it. And uh, but I guess I don't really know. Uh, he's in season six. His first appearance is in uh, Fusilli Jerry. Fusilli Jerry. Oh, <laughs> man, so good. Have, have you guys no, seen good. the Fusilli Jerry yet? No, I don't think so. Okay, then. So you're not in season six. No. You're ready for uh, two great things to happen to you in one episode in season six. <laughs> All right. Good buddy and Fusilli Jerry. Uh, My favorite episode is in the final season, so. Wow. Which one is that? Uh, the, um, the car, like the putty car, uh, car lot, like car salesman. Oh yeah. Uh, I love that one. What else, Kayla? I'm trying to think what else, uh. Uh, you finished Outer Wilds. We finished Portal 2. That's uh, co-op and single. Yeah. I love the single. Yeah, Cave Johnson was fantastic. Yeah. Big fan. J.K. Simmons up in that. Everything about that whole thing was just amazing. I, d- I had like all the music from the thing because they uh they released all the individual tracks and sounds to like use as notifications on your cell phone. Mm. Like my ringtone is still one of the like songs. The music was was a standout for me. I really yeah. enjoyed I enjoyed the music. I I mean I don't know. We haven't really talked about it in in depth, Kayla. But I was. A, I enjoyed my time both in the co-op and the the, the main story. I th- I really liked Wheatley. I thought he was hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool game, not a like fucking life changing or anything like that. In in the way that you know, like I don't know, Bioshock came out that same year, right? Like I don't know. I'd rather replay Bioshock for the fifth time or something than maybe replay Portal 2, but that's just me. I think just, I think just the writing and, and having a game that is so enjoyable like and funny was so rare at that time mm. and still pretty much is. Uh, I think that's what really people really latch on to. Um, I think it's definitely held up, like even though that's... Is that yeah. 2012 then? Seven, right? Oh, shit. No, it's like 2011. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking, maybe I'm thinking Portal One. I remember I played MK9 before, right, right around that, <laughs> that time as well. Uh, Same game, really. You know. <laughs> it does look great. Like Kayla's right, it holds up. It it performs really well. We played it on the Series X on on your disc, Mike, your 360 disc. Um, and uh, yeah, it it performs really well. Like all the you'd think with like the kind of crazy physics stuff that you're doing that there'd be some you know, issues, but no. not at all. Like, just, smooth. just bu- butter smooth, yeah. A lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, yeah. Um, Good game. I would love to see a Portal 3 someday. I would, too. Yeah, I would, too. Yeah. Um, when, um, when playing through it, uh, did you guys play Fallout? You guys have played the Fallout games? 
I've uh, played four. Fallout Four. Yeah, Four is the only one. The, um, so like the kind of humor that's behind a lot of the Fallout, like you know, in the whole new like wasteland stuff. I feel like a lot of that humor, it's like a similar type to the way of going through Portal Two, except for I think Portal Two does it way better. I'd always wish that whoever wrote Portal Two would just go work on Fallout. It's a good. It's a good call. I think, especially with like Fallout 4's vaults being like scientific testing in a lot of ways. Like you can see them. them. Right. Yeah. They're always the best. Like little side stories when you find the other. Right, and you gotta figure out what like what they were testing for in this one, what they're testing for in this one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wouldn't be too hard to say. Like, there's even vaults in Portal 2 that you, like, open up and stuff, like, that look very much like the same, like, if they shared a universe almost. Are you guys going to play the first one? Maybe. I I actually played that one when, way back, like, when that came out or whatever. Like, in the orange box, I had had played that one. Same, same. Yeah. I would. I think you definitely should. I think it's... I think, like... The story and the plot and like in the, you know, is is pretty pretty good. Then nice. Also checked out Kimmy uh, on gosh Netflix. I think um, I think that's what it was on. I kind of I kind of dug that. It's a quick movie. It's like a under an hour and a half. I think total. Uh, yeah. HBO Max joint. HBO definitely. Max. You're right. Uh, it's I on see Netflix. it every day when I open. I'm like <laughs> Zoe Kravitz with blue hair, just looking looking. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Um, it's it's weird because it's very much the same setup or a very similar setup to that. Um, what woman in the window is that the one with? Oh, um... fuck! Right, right, and that was yeah. that was really bad. And they kind of start off in a very similar way. It's like a shut in, you know, woman. But this is very COVID centric. Like they're like they mention COVID. You see people with like masks and stuff. So it's definitely like the first thing I've checked out where they're like really referencing covid that's only like part of the reason why she's a shut-in you like you get into like they they do a pretty good job of like explaining why she doesn't want to be out in the world but um she essentially kind of sort of witnesses uh a a murder or, or something to that effect but through technology she's a she's like a qa tester for a like a siri like a, a an alexa type app um and it's called Kimmy, and uh, she essentially has to like QA the the audio files that are coming in. Like she makes sure that if someone says like, "Oh, play me Taylor Swift," that it plays like the exact song that the person requests and stuff, and not like gets confused or something like that. Um, so as she's doing that, she has to go through like hundreds of files every day. Um, she. She comes upon one that sounds like someone's being assaulted, murdered, something like that, uh, and she tries to like dig into it with her with her company and kind of gets into some some shit with that. It felt very much like like the net or one of those old like movies with like n- mid nineties where like oh someone f- falls upon some information they shouldn't be you know a part of and uh, and you know gets chased because you know is put into danger um but it, it's real snappy and moves real fast and and there's uh 
There's some cool stuff. It, it, the ending is a little a, a little interesting. Uh, it wraps up <laughs> in a it, in an interesting way, but I'd recommend it just as a fun little watch. It's 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 quick. It's like an hour and twenty minutes or something. Can Kimmy order pizza online? Like, can she do that? Because Sandra Bullock did that. She right. could do a lot. She could do more than I think. Uh... <laughs> introduction to the internet, I think, was the net. <laughs> I wanted. I I almost want to do a rewatch of the net. I feel like it's a good companion piece to Kimmy. You I should feel like... not watch it. I've, oh no! I tried recently. It's it's a uh, it's not great. Well, let's uh, let's get to some other things we've been checking out. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we had two season finales in the last couple of weeks: um, the Book of Boba Fett and Peacemaker. Uh, both both wrapped up um, their first seasons, maybe maybe their last seasons on on one of them at least. Um, Peacemaker got picked up for season two. Uh, I don't know the status of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, have we all watched Book of Boba Fett? I think I think so. Yep. I haven't finished it, but I'm not sure if I'm going to. Ah, got you. I kind of just lost interest. I didn't like it very much. Yeah. Not very good. Uh, the non-Boba Fett stuff was the best stuff. <laughs> I kind of like... Yeah, that's, that's what I've read in articles saying the, the, the best episodes of Boba Fett are the ones where they're not about him. Um, that seems kind of silly, so... I yeah, think that's you get the general like, consensus, yeah. And probably get, mine as well. <laughs> mine yeah, too. you get like a little mini Mando season in there. You get uh, more more webs to the, you know, to get to Ahsoka and some other shows and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot of interesting cameos that set up other stuff that are is completely just, like, it's weird how much stuff they set up that, just obviously has nothing to do with Boba Fett is not really doesn't seem like it's going to add anything to the story or continue Boba Fett's story in any meaningful way. But like Nelson said, like, oh, yeah, this is what this is where uh, Mandalorian's going. Cool. This is what Ahsoka's up to, that kind of stuff. Um, interesting, interesting decision. Um, keep the mask on. You know, I, I feel like Boba Fett needed to, to keep that helmet on. A little bit. The, sh- the show really reminded me of that scene in E.T. where Elliot's just like playing with his toys and like <laughs> this guy's hammerhead and this oh here comes Boba Fett and like it's just like really you're just playing with your toys at 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 this point with this kind of show like there's a Jedi and then there's a spaceship and then <laughs> and it's I don't know it just seemed like a child's fever dream <laughs> to me though. The whole show. Yeah, it was it's an slow. You can keep going. I think it just kind of was slow and then just farted out a bunch of weird stuff. Like I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so, too. It was like there were definitely episodes where I turned to Eric and was like, all right, what was that about? Like, Why did we see him in the desert for all this time? Just so he could use a weapon at the end? Like. It seems really weird. weird to have filler episodes in a se- in a show that has six episodes or seven episodes. And it seems like, like this should just be a, a filler season, like a you know we're we're done with Mandalorian season two, we're working on season three, we're working on all this stuff. 
we just want to give you guys a little bit of stuff. Like some Monster of the Week stuff would have been fun. Boba Fett doing weird bounty hunting. That would have been cool. But they took it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Some odd decision making overall. I just, I don't know. I was kind of hyped for this one. I, 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 I know when we were talking about it coming out, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be like a, a mob show set in space you know set in the star wars universe a sopranos in space or something and like it just wasn't i don't know what it was but it wasn't led you to believe that with the trailer but it yeah it's just wasn't intra tatooine's not interesting (laughs) i don't know it's like stop going there yeah i I think honestly i would have liked just give me justified in that small little town with timothy oliphant and i'd rather have that yeah have that would have been awesome i want duels with cad bane or what like sure give me give me quick in the dead in star wars i guess i but i don't want just whatever like just a really old Boba Fett guy just kind of doing nothing and these weird little biker gang and uh, and oh he gets to you know there's like a there's this really like they think they're doing this cool thing at the end of the show and it was just really late man I I don't know it's no, not, it doesn't it doesn't fall in the good Star Wars for me. <laughs> well, it looks like they, out. I think they just sat there and they're like, "Man, we've owned Boba Fett for a while. We haven't made any money off of him." So they're like, "Oh, how do we do that?" And they just because they know for the longest time he, he was everybody's favorite character, despite having what four minutes of screen time in the original trilogy, right? Um, yeah. And three lines and never actually doing anything. He was everybody's favorite character. <laughs> So, so they, I think they're just hoping people would watch it purely for that and kind of just phoned it in and coming up with a story for them. Bet you a lot of people watched it. I don't know if like Disney ever puts out any of those numbers, but just based it, on what you said, like the fact that like you it was you know, significantly put- larger than Mando season two. Is wow, what I what I read, yeah, yeah. So but Mando season two was was good. Yeah, way yeah, better. <laughs> I I heard someone describe like. It's so weird that Mandalorian, it really got cooking when Boba Fett shows up. <laughs> and in Boba Fett's show, it really gets cooking when Mandalorian shows up. And, well, because like when you're watching The Mandalorian and Boba Fett shows up and he's every bit the badass that people ex- had assumed from the original trilogy, you never got to see it, but he looks like he'd be badass. So they just assumed he was uh, going to be super cool. So he came down Mandalorian, and I think he was that. And that was the biggest advertising for him to have his own show. And then he had his own show, and it was like, what if Boba Fett got old and was like really nerfed and does a lot of like <laughs> yeah. really slow hand-to-hand combat all the time? Like, that's, that's okay, that's Boba Fett now, and he never wears his helmet. So cool. You can look at yeah. his bald head all day. Chapter one of this book, Origin of Stick. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need this. I don't need to know how Boba Fett got his cane slash walking stick here. <laughs> oh, the Book of Stick. I like it. I'm, I'm digging uh, it. Did you guys watch that, that little special they had about Boba Fett? 
like where they were like talking about the character. I guess like before he was even released that he was going to be in the movie um, in a town where, you know, uh, George Lucas lived. They had like a like a Star Wars parade where people were wearing (laughs) the actual movie costumes and they had him out there and he was literally the most popular person there even over darth vader and people still didn't even know who he was like so that's how much his like image like commanded people to like him and then they completely squandered it on like how can we change his character as much as we can before we release the show well, uh-huh. even the fact that, like, so you knowing that, like, I feel like anyone, you don't have to be, a, like, a marketing wizard or anything else to understand that, like, the costume, the, the like, armor, the helmet, the all of that, that is what Boba Fett is. That's what makes him cool. Even if he doesn't do anything, it's like, you got that thing. And they chose to keep him out of that as much as possible in this show. Like, helmet off, mostly. And also, he was like just in, in his uh, tidy whities at at points, right. right? Like what? We're just wearing a dress half the time, right? It's fucking so hot under that helmet, man. Like, <laughs> right? Sure. You're swamp ass. You just get swamp face in Tatooine, man. Like, oh, come on now. Sure there's like little air conditioners. He does this weird thing with oh. his mouth too. He's like always like yeah. gritting. He's always. <laughs> Showing off that implant denture, it's weird. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't stop staring at his mouth. I want him to wear the helmet. <laughs> I just, so, I think they're just, I think they're just really proud of themselves for casting the guy who he was cloned off of. So they want to show you that as much as possible. I think it's wonderful casting. I thought when when they announced that and stuff, I think that's really cool because yeah, he's a clone. Here's the dude who played Django Fett. Right. He's like kind of the age he should be. Like, that's cool. I mean that then that the aspect is really cool, but it's like when you listen to a really good song and they've written a really good hook, and their response to writing a really good hook is to repeat it throughout the entire <laughs> fucking song. <laughs> that's what it feels like because they could have been like. Yeah, that's the same fucking guy. He would look like this at this age because he is him. And then they could have just wrote on that, letting it be a subtle background note. But instead, it's like, look, his bald face is right there all day. Now look at him in his underwear. And I don't. I feel like that's they they made it more about casting that actor than it was about Boba Fett. Because so much of Boba Fett was him hiding in his armor. And now it's just. Now everybody's like, we got to know the character, and we don't really like him, so. I never thought I'd put Boba Fett and bad pop punk, like, in the same category, but you, you've sold me on it, uh, Aaron. I, right, I I, yeah. I it's like it. it's like every time Fall Out Boy makes a good song, you can tell when they think a certain lyric is clever, because they're going to say it a thousand more times in the song. <laughs> Oh, so I think the official Machina nonsense consensus on the scale of uh, do we like it? Do we love it? Do we want no more of it? We don't want no more of it. No. Just Mando. I want parts. Right. Right. But Peacemaker. I like that Goro lizard. (laughs) Peacemaker, guys. Uh... I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm 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 putting it on the love it scale. I I thoroughly enjoyed Peacemaker. Um, my uh my favorite writer David Wong came out and did a lovingly uh strong review of Peacemaker as well. Uh, so um, that's two people. Uh, what about you guys? What What'd you think of season one? 
uh, of at least two on on Peacemaker. Uh, I liked it. I I think Peacemaker was the choice, the right choice to do kind of a show, but I don't I don't know. I don't know if they if I liked everything they added to the character. They've really kind of toned him down from what he was in the movie. At least it seemed to me. Some of the comedy parts just. They go on like one or two <laughs> jokes too long. Always. Like they oh there's always this back and forth either between like Vigilante and, and Peacemaker or when they're all dogging on Economist or whatever his name is. Uh and it just goes on and on. And it and the, I know I've said it before, but the show <laughs> is is ruled by its soundtrack. And it in this tone go it the to, the soundtrack bleeds into like the tone of the thing it just seems like like bill and ted r rated or something <laughs> like I, I don't know it's it's it was i cena is good enough in it and there's some really cool moments in it um like there's this uh, jail scene that's really visually very cool but I don't know, like every there's always just something that rubbed me the wrong way in every episode, it mm. seems. So I, I can only put it on the like it scale. What'd you think, Kayla? Uh I I pretty much love it. I pretty much love it. I, I think it's really fun. I like things that are a little bit more uh less uh weighty on watching and it, it touches on some stuff, but nothing too crazy that you can't like move on from like it within the show of course they 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 move right along they kind of don't stay on those things too long i do agree that sometimes their jokes are a little a little one too many like okay move on quit quit with the with the farts i get it <laughs> um but but other than that I, I i do love it i i think it was fun i don't mind the music at all I like oh, it. It's so bad. I loved it. I think it's just it's fits. so. Ugh. It is bad. It's it's all butt rock, but like it it fits. It's 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 peacemaker. Like yeah. he's butt rock. Yeah. He is. Why butt does rock he have to be butt personified. rock? Hey man, that's who he is. <laughs> there there is a scene that like the the piano scene. Mm. It's really well done. Cena's doing some stuff at at times in this. The dramatic parts of the character, he does much better, I think, than the comedic parts. Where the, where, and I thought that would not be the case. Uh, yeah, his performance is strong. I like it. Yeah, he's, he's able to, he carried it for me. And uh, it was good enough um, to have in the, I like, I, I liked it. I like it. Yeah. I don't know where they're going to go, but we'll find out. That was I think my, that it, yeah. I think that's fun that it can go. Anywhere else, I I was kind of done with the whole uh, butterfly plot myself. Yeah, that was my one criticism. I guess is that like they introduced kind of incredible stakes, not only in like the the world ending, the butterfly stuff. Let's just say, um, basically from episode one, um, like huge stakes for this like kind of just ragtag group or whatever else but also like huge personal stakes like just like the infighting between the team and everything else and like i guess mild spoiler alert here it kind of all gets resolved in in, in a lot of ways like you said it, it can kind of go anywhere now for season two and that was a little bit like 
to do that in whatever it was, seven episodes or something, um, and resolve that all in those seven episodes, I don't know what the thrust of, like, future seasons or at least future season is going to be, but... I mean, Peacemaker might spiral more into his, like, hallucination kind of thing. There's going to be the will-they-won't-they with Harcourt. Hmm. Uh, there's the whole thing with Amanda Waller now, uh, with kind of the, the press conference that's at the end, that's at the end of the show. Um, so maybe it's like a, a team kind of, you know, we have to stay low and we don't have the backing of the most powerful woman in the world anymore. (laughs) And, uh, um, I don't know, like just kind of mercs for hire kind of thing. Kayla loves a good uh, Merc of the Week, so... Mm. Mm. Sure, give me that. (laughs) So two love-its, one like it on Peacemaker. Uh, Just wanted to touch a little bit on, pose a question to the group uh, about the trailers we've recently seen. Uh, Primarily Nope and Multiverse of Madness. Um, Those were the two big ones for me. And also Men from Alex Garland. Um, I know... At least three of us have seen all of them. Uh, how how caught up on uh, the recent trailers are you, Aaron? Uh, not very. Okay. Um, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I don't think no. I've seen. Them. I haven't seen. Oh, them. it's that's uh, Jordan Peele's uh, new scary, movie. Scary the trailer is fantastic. Oh, um, that's a uh, so. I feel like in his previous two movies, too, like when I went into the movie and I completely guessed the ending based almost mm. wholly on the trailer. So I was actually going into that movie without having watched the trailer. Yeah, that's so, fine. Um, Trailers always spoil too much. Because he's, he's based his whole. He, he's trying to be like M. Night Shyamalan of horror, where everything he's doing is based on twists now. So, like. I don't know the the way they put too much into trailers now. You you, you can't have twists, so I'm just gonna try to avoid it. So the twist sack will mean something when I'm sure it comes. I think Alfred Hitchcock uh, Man, is very. And Aaron, you need to you need to go to Hollywood and get a job right away. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start creating <laughs> these things, man. Because <laughs> I think I think the Nope trailer is one of the best. I think his trailers are very good. Where I don't. I leave the trailer not really knowing what that what like what to expect. Oh, really? Okay, then yeah, maybe I'll take a look at it. I just, I just, I just feel like I, I hope I'm not ruining anything with the other the other ones, but like, like the endings of those his previous two movies, I thought was pretty obvious going in. Like literally, I, I watched them both with my wife, who I watched all my movies with. But uh, we watched uh, what was the second one? Is that Us? Us, yeah. yeah. We watched that, and like literally, as soon as it shows her, like after the the mirror house, we're like, "Oh, they switch spots. She's the one from the underground thing." The whole plot, like, like, like it was, it was all really obvious. Like, I don't, and I feel like the trailer is what made it so obvious. So, but like, the scene with Elizabeth Moss and like the ballet fight scene are not in the trailer, and those are like the best parts of us, and like just the. The small little parts and get out. Like, I don't know. He just makes he crafts really good not horror slash just real fucking movies. Like, I don't know. Like he he brings I don't I don't know how many uh I know this is a weird thing for me speaking on, but I don't know how many more 
I can't do that. I'm not a white person in a horror movie jokes I can take. And uh, he puts a lot of those in there. But uh, yeah, and us, I think us has some of the scariest stuff in any horror movies. Just um, the daughter, the, the evil version of the daughter alone, oh, yeah. I think is a scarier than almost any horror movie released in however many years. Just the look on her face, just her running after people. Like, it's just, I love that. So I think, I think he does aspects of horror movies really well. I don't love his movies as much as a lot of people do, but, um, I I think they're pretty good. I just hope he doesn't turn into doing like to being like M night Shyamalan where he's got one trick and he's going to keep doing it. Nope. Looks like it could be his best one. Yeah. I I don't know. I I'm really intrigued to see what, what he, what he's got in store. That trailer's got a a lot of stuff. I don't know. Like, I think it depends on how you go into... I know a lot of people like you, Aaron, who, like, go into a movie or go into a trailer and they're just, like, they figure it out or they're trying to figure it out or it just comes to them or or whatever the case may be. When I go into a movie, like, especially a movie that has a twist or seems like it's going to or whatever else, I'm always surprised because I'm just not trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to, like, live it. I wouldn't think so much that I'm trying to figure it out. It's just like when when they start because any cl- any any movie that has a good twist is going to drop certain thematic elements in the beginning so that the twist means something later on. So and you can put it together, yeah. And some movies, it's not even like 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 oh well, it's possible. So I went and did it. It's like they're so heavy-handed that you can see where this is going, and. Like, 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 say, back to us, like, that was the only thing that it could have been. Like, after that scene, it's like, it has to be this. There's no way. I, I don't see how anybody was surprised by that, if we're being honest. Um, and there's just some, and that, I mean, there's obviously, there's dumb stuff. Like, when I watched uh, Devil with my wife, just, she thought she was being funny. She points, I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's where they're all trapped yeah. in the elevator. She points to the old lady and says, that's her. Because she thought she was being funny and... You no, know, that's that. That's the movie. They just picked the person who's least likely, and that's her. But um, I don't know. I don't like. I'm not just trying to figure it out. It's just. I th- I think I think movies should be more subtle than they are. I understand if they think like the audiences are are dumb and they got to beat them over the head with stuff. But I, I don't know if it's gonna be a twist. I want to be surprised by the twist. And trailers kind of kind of ruin that now. Um. That's why it's hard to watch a trailer for a funny movie because nowadays they put every single joke in the trailer. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw a funny movie that I saw a trailer where it's like they left any jokes out of the trailer. Yeah, it does seem like the best stuff. I don't think Nope has any things like that. It's a lot of just imagery. It takes place in the desert kind of thing. Uh, There's a line in it like that really stick stands out and it's uh Daniel Kaluuya. He's like, what, what do they call a bad miracle? <laughs> you know, what, what, what do you call that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, I think that becomes the tagline now. I think that I've seen that yeah. on some like marketing stuff. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to watch that. I, 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 Megan had told me that it was coming out and I'm like, I wonder if I can make it long enough to go into that blind. I know his stuff is so hyped up that I don't know if I could avoid seeing things for it, but. But also maybe it's not supposed to be a twist. Maybe it's just supposed to be a movie about 
what you see, you know? It doesn't have to be a twist. Don't put that on it. And then... That's what, that's what I'm hoping. Be- it's not a twist. Yeah. But I, I think to this point, he has showed that the twist is his thing. I'm hoping he breaks from that. But if, if he puts a twist in this, then he's just cemented. He's just a twist guy. But... Well, if if Nope is on the lean end of of a trailer, like uh, Multiverse of Madness is a lot going on uh, in it. People have really been delving into every fucking frame of that. Talk thing. about giving up too much, right? Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm not. I'm I, not gonna I, watch again or dig into too much. I, I saw it during the Super Bowl, and there's a there's a voice cameo in it, and I was like, whoa, what? You know, like so. I I, I wish I could have experience that uh I read an it, article about that it's supposed to be what charles xavier or? yeah it's it's clearly patrick stewart in you know and he's probably going to be yeah charles xavier uh i don't know which what capacity is going to be a lot of people are speculating you know there's a group called the illuminati uh uh that dr strange might you know meet do you think there's any oh, chance, like, people have pretty much said, like, it's a foregone conclusion. Okay, it's gotta be... Oh, they've that... pretty much, like, I don't know, just from the trailer, they're able to, like, oh, well, that's, you know... Is there any chance that's a misdirect, you think? That just, like, people got it wrong, or it's it's not? It's a lot of, it's a lot of specific-ass misdirects, like, it's a lot of stuff that seems to lead to this i mean I mean, it's the multiverse he's breaking breaking walls traveling well, to be fair this is the same like to expect that much of a misdirect from the same people who like showed a scene from spider-man and then just erased the characters they didn't want you to see but left <laughs> everything else the same like those are the same people doing misdirects like i don't i don't <laughs> i don't think they're going to like fake do a fake out on Professor Xavier, <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know, like gotcha. I, that'd be weird. But there's so much going just in the poster alone. People see other X Men, they see characters that haven't been introduced. They see, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. I do think just, Kayla's been proven uh, correct that uh, you know, what if, like watching what if, is going to be a kind of a, yeah, essential yeah. to to what's going on in, yeah. in this movie. Well, well, we'll see if it's essential, but yeah. there is there's definite through lines that are that are happening. Definitely no more. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention one more uh, men by uh, patron saint of the pod, Alex Garland. Um, uh, Jesse Buckley starring in that one, who was just a standout in The Lost Daughter. Um, that's a trailer that's on the super lean side, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's that's a tease of a tease kind of kind of trailer. It's it's really cool. It's just kind of her in like a tunnel, right, or something. Basically, like under, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. different scenes, but that yeah, that's the primary like location. She's kind of speaking into a tunnel and hearing, not expecting to hear things back, or or maybe expecting to hear things back, and and getting back something other than what she expected. Um, so. Just creepy, just super creepy. I, I highly recommend if you want to just, it's like a minute 20 or something. Was there a date with that? Or was it just coming soon or something? Or? I don't I, think there was a date. Man, I don't think so. I'd like so. to see that this year. Yeah. I hadn't even heard of it. <laughs> I had heard of it on another pod. I think yeah. on the uh, 
uh, big picture from the ringer. Um, and, uh, that yeah, was, it seemed like, seemed like I heard about it and then the trailer was out like the teaser trailer. <laughs> was out, so, yeah. So I don't get that. Yeah. Check it out. It's, it's pretty cool. In that same vein, let's talk a little bit about the, the Oscar noms that, that came out. Um, Mentioned earlier, definitely some snubs, kind of a weird list um, right off the bat. The Power of the Dog, I think, has 12 nominations, a movie that... Um, Wait, def- which one? Yeah, from what I've heard so far. About- yeah, yeah, it might be sweeping, might be doing some some work, uh, and that's disappointing. I know Kayla and I, at least, really, you know, I'm sure we're the first to make... Th- the joke power of the slog um gross yeah i don't like that it's 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 a it's a slow <laughs> one it's a slow you know like I don't power know. of the benedict that's that's what it is he's deserving i i is he up for best actor i think i have that yeah. here yeah he's, he's kind of looks like he might get the gold um just as far as like hype level goes for this movie um yeah, I, I I started it. I still need to finish that. You, your guys' review really didn't sell me on on uh, on wanting to finish it. But overall, for the best picture list, there's like it's a pretty diverse list. There's a lot lot going on. A lot of different genres here. Um, yeah. So for best picture, we have I'm for. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard. Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Store. So you got like a musical, you've got a black and white movie, you've got a foreign film in Drive My Car, you've got a sci-fi epic in Dune, thriller, kind of dark, Nightmare Alley. I mean, you, yeah, you're you're right. There's there's a lot, lot yeah. there. What uh, early early thoughts? I, I've seen. Let's see, what have we seen? We've seen one, two, three, four, five. Five of these so far, um, so half the list. Um, for me, so far, it's Don't Look Up, but that's only half the list. What do you think, Kayla? As, like, what I think will take it? Yeah, well, we've seen Don't Look Up, we've seen Dune, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, and Power of the Dog so far. So you're asking which one out of those that I like? Yeah. Um... The one that I'd say I kind of want to see the most would be King Richard. Um, I think that one, like, just because it has, like, a dramatic, more inspirational, is more of Oscar, you know, uh, suit. Dune Dune is beautiful, but I don't think it'll take best picture. Um, I... I can't really pick because I didn't love any of the ones that we've seen. I'm having a tough time. Didn't love them. Licorice Pizza would be my favorite out of the ones that we've seen, but still don't think it's like the Oscar best picture. Yeah, you've got some uh, catching up to do, Mike. I know on on the best picture race. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see like Drive My Car, which is coming HBO uh, early March. I want to see Belfast, which I, I could rent it now for like 20 bucks. I'm waiting for that to drop down <laughs> just a little bit, you know, or, or to just come to a service straight up. Coda, I've heard it's very good, and I don't know how I'm going to watch it because that's like an Apple joint. I'm not probably not going to sign up for Come on Apple. over, buddy. 
Yeah, yeah, might have to. Uh, I give myself a veto. This is my rule <laughs> for Best Picture, one movie I don't want to watch. Uh, and that's going to be West Side Story. I'm not, not going to watch that. Oh, man, Spielberg, uh, come on. Yeah, I, I, I'm not an Ansel Elgore guy. No. I don't like, I hate him. I really don't <laughs> like him. I don't like him. And he's like the main character of the fucking movie. Uh, so far, like it's it's uh, licorice pizza for me. I really enjoyed it, but yeah, that's probably not going to win. It's it's looking like it's just going to be Power of the Dog. Uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, we'll see. Aaron, did you check any of these out? I've seen Dune, and I wanted to see Belfast. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's Kenneth Branagh's like black and white Irish and a coming of age story, I think, kind of thing. Right. I saw I saw some stuff where I look good. The rest of yeah, it, I'm not, yeah. I'm not really, I'm not interested at all in West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not particularly interested in King Richard because I think it's really weird to have two of the best athletes in the world and then do a movie about their dad. Oh, thank you. I think that too. <laughs> I say that all the time. Like, <laughs> like then the tagline, everything's about how, like when he pushed them and stuff, but like, let's not forget, like you can be pushed all you want, but you're not going to be the best in the world just based on your dad telling you to do something. Like, I think it just seems like a really weird decision to make. I agree. To be like, here's the top of the tennis of like pretty much all time. But you know, their their coach is pretty cool, too. Like, where's that Michael Jordan movie? Right. <laughs> like. I I think it, if you watch it, it makes sense because he makes so many weird decisions. Like, he's he is kind of like a mad king with with how he 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 literally, like, tells his wife one day we need to have two more kids. Like he has this whole thing planned out. It's it's really odd, and uh, I was glad they they recognized uh, the the actress who plays his wife in the movie. Her name is uh, I, I might butcher this, but I'm going to uh, Anjune Elise. Uh, I might have got that right. Actually, I think it's um, Anjune yeah. Ellis. I think Ellis. Sorry, Maybe, sorry. Dang, yeah. I screwed up the easy part. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you got her because I, I think it's Anjane and then it's Ellis. I think. Oh, I like her in Lovecraft Country. Oh wow, because she's she's very good. She plays the uh, Venus oh, and Serena's mom. I did not put that together. Wow. Yeah, she was yeah, great in Lovecraft. I just, I just I was just looking at that right now. She's Hippolyta. Oh um, wow. She's. she's yeah, I'm gonna watch good. that movie now. So. And I, I talking about snubs. I thought John Barenthal got snubbed. He's he's the best part of the the movie. I thought for me, uh, he's very good uh, as their like pro tennis coach that they wind up getting. Uh, he's he's just he's like oh he's doing this like Wisconsin accent. <laughs> he's very, it's very good. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to see and, that because uh, that's definitely like the Jesse Plemons nod in best supporting actor. Um, no thank yeah, you. Yeah, like Power that Dog. was. Not mm. worth it, I, right? Yeah. I literally be... tried to look up like how, I want to know how many minutes Jesse Plemons is in Power of the Dog because it's not a lot. Right. It is it is very few. And I think I might have seen the bulk of his uh, in the twenty minutes that I watched. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Because then he only makes like a couple appearances. He travels a lot. 
I had text Mike about I'm a little afraid that Jesse Plemons, the shine has come off because I've I've seen him now in Power of the Dog, the 20 minutes he's in it and um, Antlers. I also watched Antlers recently and he's he's in that quite a bit more and not doing it. I don't know. I, I, I hope not. I, I like Jesse a lot, but um, I liked him in Jungle Cruise. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the best part of Jungle Cruise. You're right. We're back on the Jesse Fleming's Jungle Cruise. Just a playful, fun Nazi in Jungle Cruise. Oh. Did you like uh, Antlers? I thought it was okay. Um, I thought it was okay. I liked... I like the lore that they went into. Um, it's kind of a Native American supernatural uh, movie. Yeah. yeah, so so that's cool. Um, it was more fine than that was a like it, not a love right. it. You know, I think the movie would have been so great. I just think the main character was really unlikable. Sure. I don't know what it was, it was like her mannerisms or honestly, I don't think I've ever thought she was that good of an actress. I don't know. She was just really unlikable. And the, the the little boy, uh, I think, was probably the best part of that whole he movie. He was a standout, but... without a doubt. And he had a lot to do. Like, he had yeah. to be weird and emaciated. And, like, I feel like they didn't, they literally didn't feed this poor child. But... Right. Well, like, it just, he, he did so well, like, walking a line between having to be really, like, shy and not talk to people because, like, people can't discover what he lives like. And... To also play a kid who's like wanting more, like when she's with him at the like the donut shop where he clearly is trying to give in to, you know, being a kid. I think that's a really hard part for a kid to act. And they he just killed it. And then he was in the movie with everybody else who just kind of like was like phoning it in almost. Um, I thought it was okay. You know, <laughs> but, I think you're right, Aaron. Antlers should be uh, up for Best Picture over Power of the Dog. I'm gonna write right, the uh, write the Academy. I think you're right. Right, I'm like. Jesse Plemons, whatever. It doesn't matter, just as long as he's in it. That's it's nominated. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Russell, that's so. I'm so glad that to see Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman both get recognized for Lost Daughter, but then I see Nightmare Alley up in Best Picture. I'm like, why isn't Lost Daughter in that slot? Nightmare Alley fucking sucked. Like, <laughs> like why? Oh, I don't know uh, about that. God. That is just such a boring ass, like failed hbo like weird drama about a carnival like from 20 years like uh hbo has been trying really hard to get me to watch it like every time i do anything it's like wait this is here watch this and i'm just yeah oh yeah i don't know i i i i kind of dug nightmare alley it's not a love it's it's a like but um so long it's long and it, it's the it's fucking movie. And you got two parts, you know, there's the city part and there's the carnival part and it's long, it's drawn out. It is a slog in 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 a way, but it's I find it way more entertaining than The Power of the Dog. Um even Damn, that's that makes me really not want to watch Oh, man, I just think I don't know. I think there's some good performances and I love the set direction on nightmare alley i think like from the carnival stuff to once um bradley cooper gets into the city and and all that like the office that he's in the psychiatrist's office it's just so cool it reminded me of bioshock it, it was very much like oh yeah this is the same dude who did uh the 
Shape of Water. Like, okay, cool. I, he, he's no, got like, that aesthetic down. Diet Guillermo, though, like, compared to, like, Pan's Labyrinth or, or Shape of Water. Like, I don't know. Just visually, it didn't do... It just seemed real sterile compared to his other stuff. Even, like, Hellboy. Stuff like that. It's not as fantastical by any means. I mean, that's that's the thing. You don't have monsters and magic and all those things. The weird carnival part is only like ten minutes. No, it's it's a it's 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 half of the movie. It's the like weird visually like Guillermo del Toro feel is like only like ten minutes worth. Otherwise, then it's just. I thought you meant the carnival part. Sorry. Yeah. Uh... The parts of the carnival that are fantastical and stuff like that are yeah few it, it's between, yeah. yeah like the that's what i think of when i think of like Guillermo del toro like gonna be visually outstanding and it was just kind of visually grungy it just it it didn't even seem grungy to me like i i it didn't even have that it just seemed low budgety kind of like a, a series kind of thing like i don't know it didn't i didn't like it yeah. I, I, well, Aaron, you know, hopefully you wait my opinion over these two chuckleheads. <laughs> I, I, for what, this Nightmare Alley? Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I watched the trailer and it didn't look good. That's why I didn't watch it. Um, I don't know. I might at some point watch it, but it's really hard for me to watch stuff. I have trouble focusing. Like, I'll. I'll want to watch. I have like a whole stuff to watch list of stuff, and then I'll go and watch like four seasons of a show I've seen a thousand times, and then, <laughs> and then I'll watch a movie. Then I'll go watch all of Supernatural, and then uh, that takes a few months because it's fifteen seasons. And... and then you'll platinum Pokemon, and right, yeah, you know, <laughs> just what I do. The shinies. Well, I put I play stuff. I play. Uh, I watch stuff on my phone. What do they have it playing while well, I play video games? That's how I. I finish things and I play games. Oh, I do a lot of my podcasts. Oh yeah, I do. That. I do love a good podcast. I don't. I don't think I listen to the same podcasts as you. Mine are all horror related or true crime. But um, but hey, hey, you always need a good game to listen to a podcast yeah. too. It's awesome. Yeah. That uh, let's see, Mike. Did you see Antlers? I haven't. I I I almost almost started it the other night and. Just, a little boy we're talking about that did a good job plays Harmon in season one of. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. He only says meep meep and does he always have, Does he have a hunchback in real life? <laughs> he's he... got a weird body. I don't know okay. what's wrong, but he's okay. got something. He's an incredible right. physical actor. I I mentioned like <laughs> that. It seems like they just like didn't feed him because he plays kind of like an abused child. Yeah. He looks kind of like that in Righteous Gemstones. I think that just yeah. might be his. I think that's his stature. Yeah, they hired him. They're like, you look like nobody's feeding you. Get in here. <laughs> He's good. He's really good. God, the scene where where Walton Goggins. <laughs> Uncle Baby Billy makes him. He's he's pretending to play catch with him. He's like, "Go long, boy, psych," and he doesn't throw him the ball. <laughs> he just goes in the house. That was my favorite thing in the world. Oh, God. Watch, watch gemstones. Everybody is pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> it grabs you like from the first like few minutes where they're just baptizing people in a wave pool and it turns yeah. on yeah. and they're all trying to figure out how to say stop in Chinese. It's, it's amazing. It's just such a good show. Ning daddy. 
Just to wrap up our Oscar talk, we will be having an Oscar-focused pod. We're going to have guest superstar Katie back on the pod for some Oscar predictions in the near future once we've uh, gotten a chance to check out the rest of uh, the Oscar noms. So be looking for that. Let's talk some post-apocalyptic stuff. Aaron, I know you've been chomping at the bit. Horizon. How many hours you got in? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Yeah, let me see. It tells me, right? Yeah, get yeah. that drill bit out of your mouth. Get it. <laughs> so Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West released uh, this past Friday. It's what? It's the 20th today, so it released on the 18th, I believe. Uh, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, one of my favorite games of, of all time, and I think Aaron put it on his top five, I believe, on, on his list. Did you have that on your top five also, Kayla, I remember? I, I think so. I've got... Yeah. Uh, fourteen hours and two minutes. Wow, Dang. I did not think I did not think we would be beating you, but I think we're up over fifteen hours. That's why I, I was... spent I spent fourteen hours at my son's yeah uh, robotics competition yesterday. Like you didn't I, get I, one of them like portable TV. I, I told <laughs> Megan I said I'm bringing, I said, I'm bringing the PS Five. It's at a school. I'm sure they've got. A TV for when teachers are hungover. Like, I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron just like one of those TV carts, like pushing it in, like the substitute teacher. (laughs) We're going to have a movie today, guys. In a a gym full of like robotics nerds. I don't think they would get the competition done. Uh, Horizon fits well at a robotics. I think so. I think think it would have been the right thing to do. Right. (laughs) To distract all the kids from something they worked hard for. That's this. This is the future. Like, like this is what it leads to if you teach these robots to think for themselves. We're kind of right. saying you're a shit parent, Aaron, that you didn't do this, I think. <laughs> I try to tell my kids that every day. They don't believe me. <laughs> uh, but um, what are your initial impressions of uh, the sequel to, to Zero Dawn? Um, I love it. There's some stuff where I can already see, like, I don't want to say the original story is believable. There's no fantasy story where you can actually believe this stuff could happen. But, like, you're a person, you got a bow, you shoot the bows. And this, it's, like, that's still the case, but now there's also, like, abilities. Like, you can boost your critical rating by pushing this if you unlock the ability for it. Or if you, you know, you can shoot the arrows in the air and have them come down on the person. So I think I think they, they I mean, I'm happy they expanded the, com- the, the combat, but I think it it takes a little bit from, you know, being immersed in it for me a little bit. Uh, but I do love the uh, like the quality of life improvements they made, like sending things back to a stash instead of like I've got three thousand pieces of Ridgewood, I got to do something with it, and <laughs> yeah, and go back and do it. But now it just automatically, once you get over two hundred, it goes right back. And I do have close to like two or three thousand pieces of it right now. Wow! Because uh, I-, I can't walk past anything collectible without picking it up. So I just <laughs> run around fields picking up berries and. Heard there's. Quite a quite a list of collectibles inside things and and stuff to. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've um, there's these towers you climb to get these lenses or whatever from old satellites. Um, I haven't really questioned why there are lenses and satellites, <laughs> but um, 
I've already collected all of those. Found it wasn't worth it because you don't really get much for it. But I collected them. It's completed. Um, but yeah, it's pretty great so far. I like it a lot. Uh, I wish the Watchers were still pervasive, and they're mm. not. So, oh, the Watchers are. Oh, darn. I, I'm sure they'll come up because I mean, I've so far I've only run into two species from the first game. The uh, scrappers and the chargers. Yeah. Otherwise, in... from uh, from uh, zero dawn. Because so far, all the other ones have been new, like this, like weasel thing that burrows. Oh, cool. Uh, it looks like a watcher. I keep trying to shoot it in the eye, but trust me, that does not kill it in one <laughs> hit. I think it's a mongoose. I want to say. Isn't it? Uh, just because I don't know. I just... it comes about in a part where there's like some some like snakes, snakes as well, and I think like oh okay i get what they're doing here right i don't know i, I thought it was an otter but the kid digs so i'm like i don't know it's kind of yeah. like a weasel yeah yeah how about you kayla what you uh think initial impressions uh i love it i i'm not quite as extreme as aaron but i do enjoy like going and uh exploring a map and getting all the question marks and collecting things but not to a point where i won't pass it up if it's too frustrating oh. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, but I think it's really fluid and fun, and uh, I like all the weapons. I love setting traps and like taking on oh, yeah, the sure. like herds. We'll see where the story's going. It's we've we've recently pushed the main story forward, so things are happening. I haven't, I've only I haven't pushed too far. I don't want to give out, I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't want, I won't talk about here where I'm at, but right. um. What I really like is I know when we talked about what we think is going to be in, in a previous episode, and I said I really hope they expand the melee combat, and they really have, and I love that. Like oh, It used good. to be you can just you know mash on R1 for quick attack, and then R2 if you want to knock them down, yeah. and that's it. Now it's like there's different combinations, and if you do a certain combination, you'll jump off of them, so you can shoot them, or you can jump off of them and jump over them. Um, break armor. Like, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Like, it makes charge it up. Yeah, yeah. It makes it that part. I'm. I still don't. <laughs> it seems so clunky to use that aspect of it. The whole charge it hasn't up been thing. very fluid. Yeah, I think you. The, the the issue is you don't get a lot of these melee things until you unlock stuff in the skill tree. So, like, I think the things that make it more intuitive are probably a little higher cost skill point wise further down. But right now that that whole charge up thing is seems it seems it's harder to use than it is useful. So I just don't do it. But it's it's really cool. Like just like the whole like if you're fighting like and you're like kind of surrounded, you can just you know hit them and jump off of them and run away, or you can jump back and like you know if you pull your bow in the air as time slows down and shoot them. It it makes it so like melee is such as a big a factor as a bow, and that's a lot of fun. I'm a little, I'm like 50-50 on the new skill tree. So it's like a super expanded kind of skill tree. There's like six or seven different, almost like specializations that it's it's broken up into. So you can almost like spec your character, like more like an RPG almost. Like there is a whole skill tree that is just like melee combat and everything in in that. So you can kind of go hard if you wanted to on like okay i'm a melee based character um or there's like a hunter one which seems to be more ranged then there's a 
I forget all all of the names. Um, there's one that seems to be more medical based or whatever else things that in, increase your use of potions and things of that nature. So you get a lot of skill points just for doing things out in the world, completing quests, uh, opening up different areas, whatnot, and and just gaining XP. Um, and it definitely allows you to really go hard in one kind of category if you want. I'm someone who tries my best to kind of like be well-rounded and stuff. And it, I don't know if it's working out for, for our, our Aloy, but um, I'm sort of having that issue too. Like, so like what I've been doing is just like, I'm getting everything that costs one skill point, everything Mm -hmm. that costs two skill points, just so it's even, except for the machine master. Cause I don't ride anything like ever. It seems like you miss all the, the picking up stuff. If you ride stuff, I never ride anything. Um, but what I really don't like is like how I said with like, like the melee combat, um, like there's so many moves and stuff you could do, but you have to unlock them. Yeah. Like I, I, I think the skill tree should be for augmenting things and improving things like let make it do more damage or make it do this or that or, but like to like literally say, I can't do like three quick hits and a hard and then like a hard uh, a strong attack in a row until i unlock something seems kind of silly i will say um one thing that i'd probably recommend is pushing the story a little bit further we've noticed that um there are some like kind of metroidvania type aspects to it where there's let's say tools that you get as part of the main story that it, you can go you i mean from the beginning it seems like the world or at least up up to a point you where the world opens up you can kind of go just about anywhere it seems it doesn't seem like you're locked out but then you are because you'll find a cave or something with a let's say a door or a, a whatever where you can't really get into it unless aloy is just like oh i don't think i have like the thing yeah. to get in here kind of thing um so it, it's a little frustrating in that sense, like spending maybe a half hour, like climbing up a tower, going through a, a sunken mine or something, and then getting to a point where like, oh, yeah, I can't uh, I can't get there. Um, <laughs> you got to get your way back out. Like, it's- Yeah, it's a little. So I think I my recommendation now, like having done that a couple times, is like, yeah, I should probably push this main story forward a little bit, get some more tools and then, you know, go back. So it, do you feel like you've seen a good chunk of the story? So no, far? no. We're like 15-ish hours That's in. That's so long. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I've so heard... The story's you, kind of... Okay. I, I don't want to call what it... what I was kind of getting at. I want to know if it's I don't bad, call like it I thought it would be. <laughs> I don't want to call it lazy. Because I do, I do, I am enjoying it. But, like, so much of the beginning of the story is, why don't you have these weapons anymore? Oh, I don't know. I lost them at some point. Oh, I okay. thought that, like, why, kind why of... Don't you, why don't you have this anymore? Well, I don't know. It just happened at some point. Like, like they don't... Like, oh, she's I... just like, oh, it must have happened. Like, and I, I get they have to explain it away, because you can't start off with, like, an arsenal and unbeatable armor I... and all that, but... No, I don't think any game has found a good way to, to solve that issue um, um metroid normally just has samus get hit by something and she loses all her shit like so well that, even that would have been nice and this it was just like yeah. okay i'm i will accept 
Um, but like, it's, I it's know we brought up like just how good the story was in Horizon One, and it wraps up pretty well. And worried like what they're gonna do in this one. It's normal. It's it's a lot of just tribal stuff now, right? Like, so um, I gotta say that okay, where me and Kayla just got to, we just saw a big story beat. Up until that point, I was very much a little afraid that, like, man, exactly what you just said. Like, the first game wrapped up really, really cleanly, I felt. I really liked it. Where's this one going to go? I don't know where it's going to go, but something just happened where it's, like, flipping the script a little bit. Like, like I'm really intrigued. Yeah, big what-the-fuck type moment. Oh, okay. Um, And... From what I've heard, it's like if you mainline the story, it's like 30 to 35 hours of just story, but there's just so much. Like the way me and Kayla play it is I'll play a couple story missions, and um, if I feel like I'm getting – if we're getting to a point – and Aloy will almost say it too sometimes. She'll say like, yeah, you know, now that I've gotten, you know, whatever tool – um, maybe I can go explore some other stuff. You know, th- you kind of get to points where um, the, there's a lull in the story and, and you should go out into the world a little bit. And then Kayla takes over and does all the, you know, fetch quests and, and stuff like that. So that's why our time, I think, with it is so high. Like, you know, we're maybe seven hours into the story and seven or eight hours into, uh, like, climbing dope, up towers dope, and doing gotcha. doing stuff, you know, whatever. I'm probably like... Women. I'm probably like two hours into the main story and then four, 12 oh, hours. Okay. Into, so like I play like the opposite of the way they do. I <laughs> do the like I'll get a new mission. I'll look at my quests. I will do every single quest. Oh, that's not, the, not the main quest. I will look in the area I'm already in and anything that has a question mark or says unknown. I go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I finish it. And then after I can't do anything else, then I do the next main quest. And then I do now everything else that's available to me, like kind of how we do, but we just pass the controller back and forth. <laughs> uh, but if I get like a new thing, then I go back and like like those those walls that I assume I, at some point I'm going to be able to finally break through them. Um, I will just go back and find every single one that I've missed, which the game is nice enough to put them on the map for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just that's how I go thing to thing. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about is uh, the balancing on it. They've definitely fixed issues that were in the first one. Because in the first one, when you like expand your pouches on arrows and stuff like that, I had most of those like maxed out before I left the first area mm. because all of the animals are everywhere. Here, that's not really the case. Like some of yeah. the animals you can't get until later. Yeah. Because you got to hunt them and get certain bones or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like bones that's that's. Hides. Well, that's uh, I do like maxing it out. Like it's it's it makes more sense than letting me have like sixty arrows at a time early in the game. But I like yeah, that. I think they're doing that pretty well in most a, a lot of aspects. The same thing with um, like the parts you get off of the 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 robots as well. Yeah. Um, we've only run into maybe six different robots at this point. Um, and there's it looks like there might be thirty or maybe even more unique um creatures and stuff like that and and like the rarity of the drops and stuff seems to to be balanced pretty well to where like it's going to happen organically you're going to fight enough of them at some point where you're just going to get this rare drop off of one or something but 
it doesn't it almost doesn't um behoove you to just like farm or whatever else right yeah so because uh well i got i spent a good portion of my time playing this one you're probably gonna be sad about this eric or just <laughs> chasing raccoons around because in a um zero dawn you needed like a bunch of like raccoon bones to max out your pouches and stuff i'm like i'm just there's raccoons everywhere i'm just gonna chase them all over the place and then i've needed like raccoon parts like twice so i don't Unto him. <laughs> Kayla's been killing her fair share of raccoons. Uh, so yeah. after after Rat, that, you know, playing no Portal turkeys. Two, and then this, I think, um, you know, our marriage is at an all time low at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, news to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get the papers soon, so that's cool. <laughs> Oh, so that's Horizon Forbidden West. We're going to have much more on that, I'm sure, going forward. Uh, Aaron's going to put no less than 200 hours into that. Um, sure. But we better do it quick because uh, next weekend is Elden Ring weekend. So I know that's uh, Mike will be uh, a big a big part of that. I'll try to get as much in as I can uh, between release and, and the pod. Try to beat it. I bought. I got it at like 11 p.m. the mm. night before it was released. Awesome. Um, so I played it like an hour, but I was so tired. I just went to sleep. Then yeah. I played it the next day, which was what Friday. Yeah. And then I was. I had to do the thing yesterday. So I'm sure over the next couple of days, while you guys are doing adult things, and I'm doing <laughs> nothing else. I'm gonna try my best, like just because I. I also want to like not be too far behind on on Elden Ring, so right. We'll see. I want to get in. Right. Was the was the opening real long for Horizon? No, not really. I mean, oh, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of. It's basically the the tutorial. You know, teach you how to play. People I feel like it was like two hours. Think it seemed like it's super long. I saw someone tweet that you could defeat uh, or you could finish Resident Evil Eight in the time that it takes. <laughs> But I think it was like two yeah. hours before the like title screen came. Oh, okay. okay. Is it really? But yeah, I, also, I really. You were yeah. doing stuff the whole time. Yeah, really you are. It. I like. Oh, it. okay, good, good. I've I heard people it, complain about it. I don't. I just wanted your take. It really depends on what you consider the the opening, because I could make the argument that like when when you get into the Forbidden West, which is like when the complete open world is available for you that is kind of like that took us and we did some side shit you're, you're able to do a lot of side shit but that might have been 10 hours kayla yeah, yeah it was a while i to just i just got that yeah to get but you you're could still, have you're, doing, you're still in karja for they did that shit in the first game like took way too long well that's that that, that it's like, it's it teaches you how to play on a small playing field before unleashing you on the world is pretty much what it is. And it's optional too. So that's the thing. Like you could go like, there's maybe only five story missions to, to open up the open world. Right. And the story missions are all go here, go here, go here. Like it's not right. So you could like, you could go from turning that game on to open world in like, in like two hours, probably like pretty easily if you just you did no side stuff whatsoever. But like Aaron said, it is it's tutorializing an open world, which like I don't know that anyone needs. But like you have a small open world at the beginning where you can go and 
and do little side stuff and well, and whatnot. Yeah, well, the first hour is a, like a linear level. There's nowhere to yeah. go but forward. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and then, but once you, then it's, and then it's like a mini open world where you're in this little valley and then they open the gates and it's where you get the whole map and it's all covered in white and you can just explore. All right. I it's would good. say I, like I, I think like once you do pick it up and stuff, I would mainline it. Like I, yeah. I don't know that I got personally anything out of like going and exploring. I, Kayla, but Aaron likes that shit, and so does Kayla. So like, I, that's just not the way I play. You know, games. I, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in on on the story, and there's some, there's been some cool little like set piece stuff too. Um, that is is intriguing. The first game, like I, I, it might have been ten hours in where I really clicked for me. Like I remember getting that first like hologram tape about like where her, you see her ancestor for the first time, like in that office building mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, that's when it really. Do you guys do like the uh, where it used to be? You just had to find the right angle, and then you got to see the little vision. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those. Um, You've done one, yeah. Now it's cool because they give you like a partial image and you got to move around until it fits something in the real world. And then like you get it. I like that a lot better. Cool. It's real cool. It's a, it's a cool, uh, look and Aloy does a good job. when you say the quality of life stuff, yeah. there's her inner monologue, the stuff that she says, like if you get to a place, she does some really good, like tutorialing or really good, like, um, telling you that you're kind of going in the wrong direction or that you don't have a tool to use or or whatnot so that you don't necessarily waste your your time i i, I really dig dig those little things like her yeah her I, comments. Uh, I looked at uh the first flying ones you come across mm-hmm. uh and like she was like man that'd be really easy to defeat those if i had some frost weapons and i don't mm. so <laughs> I tried to fight them and yeah, it fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just kept shooting them and then hitting them with the spear. That's all. Uh, but it's, I, it, I like it a lot. It seems like it's very much. If you like the first one, the gameplay is continue. It's not completely different, but it seems like they definitely went out of their way to fix things that weren't great about the first one. So nice. Yeah. I thought with us talking Horizon um, and the post-post-apocalypse that that game uh, franchise takes place in, we should just talk about, just to wrap this pod up, our favorite post-apocalyptic media. Um, So anything that really stands out, because playing Horizon and, and watching, I watched some recap videos of the first and everything else. I'm struck. I remember when the first one was coming out, and I saw the original trailers, some of the original gameplay. The first thing that gets you is like, okay, there's these tribal people, and then there's robot dinosaurs or robot animals or whatever else. I thought it looked a little weird. Like, I'm like, ah, what's the setup for this? But incredibly unique, like a really interesting world. And once you play that game and play Forbidden West, I'm just struck with how, like, unique it's post-apocalypse is its version of like what the world would look like. It, uh, it's a thousand years in the future or whatever else. So I, I thought it's a good place to like kick off a conversation of like unique or interesting post-apocalypses that we've seen. Cause there's, there's a million of them. Like there are a dime a dozen in, a, in, in TV shows, movies, video games, but like um, what has really stood out to the cast? Like how about you, Aaron? 
Um, we'll just go more on the horizon thing. What I really like is that they don't remember what life was like. So much of these post-apocalyptic things, it's always them trying to survive in this new world. But to these people, that's the only world they know. And everything she says about the world was like, it just flabbergasts them. And most of them don't accept it. So I think that's a really cool aspect of this. Um, probably one of my favorite, like, aside, like, like movies, because I know I'm also, like, a big fan of other games, like, Fallout and all that. But, like, my favorite movie that's probably like that is uh, a movie with Martin Freeman called Cargo. Uh, I don't mm. know if you guys have seen that. It's really good. Uh, see the trailer. Yeah, basically, people get infected and turn into, like, like basically, like, uh, 48 hours later, they're infected with rage or whatever weird reason they came up with and they attack things and they bite things and that's how it passes along but it takes 48 hours like there's like uh you put up this bracelet on and it counts down it basically lets you know how the because there's no cure but it counts down unless you know how much time you have before you effectively just have to kill yourself but um martin freeman in the beginning of the movie gets bitten while he has his baby daughter with him so he now has like two days to find someone to take care of his child before he has to effectively kill himself. Otherwise he'll kill her. Um, it's, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an Australian movie. It's, it's really good. But check that one out. How about you, Kayla? Anything that stands out unique or just any, any post-apocalypse that you just really liked? The obvious game one, of course, is the last of us. That one's just so beautiful, beautifully done. Um, another kind of unique one, though, that I think of would be Mad Max. Um, kind of a, a different take on not just a zombie apocalypse. That's just like the first thing that comes to mind uh, for me and the, that when that term comes up. But uh, at least the most recent Mad Max movie that I've seen, the only one, uh, is fantastic. Solid 10. Yeah, Fury Road is just just rewatched that the other day. Or like yeah, that's why it was on my mind too. I think the cool thing is they they like put these little like breadcrumbs in there of like how the economy works and shit like that. Like it's just a weird world. Like in in the Mad Max world, there's even like a dude who's like doing accounting in that in the in the movie. There's a whole scene where he's like, "Oh, this is we've used," and they have like weird words for things like um, yeah. the, there's Guzzoline. a bullet farm. Yeah, guzzoline, <laughs> and and we got to go to the bullet farm to get the bullets, <laughs> yeah. and just like it's it's such a yeah. that's a great pull, Kayla. It's just so weird. It's a weird fucking world, and and yeah. And the movie's fucking great. And and the old Mad Max are pretty cool. Like Thunderdome is a lot of fun. I like that one. And how about you, Mike? This might be my favorite genre of thing. <laughs> like I don't I don't know. It just always kind of works for me. Even stuff like like the Book of Eli and kind of mid tier type stuff. I, I really enjoy. I had that uh, on my list. Book of Eli. I love the Book of Eli. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I like it a lot. But uh um Two things that really stand out to me. Uh, one is very recent, that's Station Eleven. It kind of reminds me of Horizon, where it is kind of a post post apocalypse, where it, it doesn't take a thousand years though. It it, it like right away they just like fuck, we got to re okay, like let's restart, you know, like kind of. It's not as dire as my other choice, and and it's kind of people figure it out and they move on and they they you know. They get to year year twenty, you know, and things are kind of 
way farther than any other like post apocalypse thing I've seen like uh like that and uh my other one is is the road uh hmm. um the movie with uh Viggo Mortensen and it's just a a grim dark real like kind of kind of journey with this father and son like trying to you know it's very last of us it's very you know that kind of style of story and uh I don't know. They don't. They don't explain to you what kind of happened. My one of my favorite scenes is where uh, Charlie Theron plays Vigo's uh, wife in the movie, and you you see flashbacks of of kind of when this thing is hitting and the kind of mania that happens with her. And she she just dips. She just goes out into the darkness, <laughs> just like <laughs> you know, like who knows what happened to her? Anything like the most terrible thing could have happened, you know. And, that's really that movie. It's it, there's no, there's there's a few like s- slices of like, you know they they find like an underground bunker that's just filled with fucking food and shit. You know they get like a day of normalcy, you know, and uh, really really love that one. Yeah, I think another one with just a really awesome just setting or interesting, you know, where it takes place is Snowpiercer. Now the Snowpiercer expanded universe because there's a TV show as well. But like I've only seen the movie and just if if you're not familiar with that, it's just a a train, a perpetual train going on the tracks because the world has kind of frozen over and how uh how a world how an economy how society works on a a train that is the last bastion of humanity it's kind of similar to another one i had on my list of like the the judge dread universe uh whether you're talking about the original judge dread or or the movie dread like people are now just in these mega cities and there's nothing out in the wasteland and when you just put people smash together kind of what what happens in those type of situations and and the haves and the have nots and 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 all of that so i just i love those settings where you take because so many of these folks apocalypse like even the road like a really cool or children of men or book of eli they kind of like it's a little cut and paste of just like oh yeah everything's or even like fury road in in setting just like oh deserts and and shit like that and and no crops and everything's just gray and nasty and gross and whatnot. When you can like put put a story like this in a in a unique setting, it's always uh, a little cool. Like so, Snow Snowpiercer is definitely definitely that for me. I like that you brought up Children of Men because that's like a pre-apocalypse. Yeah. I was just about to say that same exact and thing. I I love that almost as much as post-apocalypse because I love <laughs> when when shit goes down. He's just and... like the apocalypse itself, just you know, before and after. <laughs> no, I want to. He's not I a fan of Armageddon. I, I want to see that too. Third place is apocalypse. I, I think that right. that scene in Judgment Day where Sarah got <laughs> <Connor was> on, <laughs> on the chain link. I like seeing that too. So. In that same vein of like a pre pre apocalypse, uh, the leftovers as well on on, mm. on the television. I mean, what is it? One percent of the population just just disappears, or is it three percent? I forget exactly. Three percent. I think 3%. it might be that much. Yeah. 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 And how society deals deals with that yeah. in, in yeah. a lot of apocalyptic ways, and you know. Yeah, yeah. Leftovers is great too. Um, I'm trying to think of the first time I I saw a post-apocalypse, and it might have been Tank Girl. 
I don't know if any of you've seen. Oh man, I have seen that girl. Uh, that's kind of that was my introduction, and I I dug that kind of whole thing. Like, oh man, like everything's kind of just fucked up and the shit, and <laughs> she finds a tank. Fuck yeah, she runs shit now because she has a fucking tank. <laughs> you mentioned T like two. I think it was T two for me, at least like the, the a glimpse of one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably. Probably my real one too. Yeah, just seeing the the robot step on the skull and shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) seared into my like eight year old brain or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. Uh, Anything else? Uh, We don't want to snub any of these post apocalypse. Uh, Fallout Three is is just a fun. Uh, just oh, you get to explore the whole like you know a post-apocalypse like you get the cool like town that's run by you know an idiot or something over here oh fuck there's weird vampires (laughs) under here you get like you know the military government that's taking control over here uh you you get to see the whole gamut with with fallout 3 i think it's it's really cool uh two more that come to my mind would be a quiet place uh i loved that it was a new creative like monster for me that was terrifying. Um, I enjoyed following the family and like now with Quiet Place Part Two, seeing more of the world and or how little there is of it. Uh, and then uh, Zombieland, just like a nostalgic <laughs> fun pick. Yeah, that's a good one too. I I I, I love Zombieland. Good time. Yeah, probably the the most fun of the the zombie. Uh, ah, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Dead yeah, I gotta mention more. I can go. <laughs> yeah, but Zombieland is the true like post-apocalypse. Like it's been years. Like people have kind of figured out how to live with the zombies. Like Shaun of the Dead is as it's as it's happening. But hey, yeah, both are great. Both are great. I'm not gonna yeah diss Shaun of the Dead, but good good pick on on Zombieland. I, I love uh, speaking of zombie movies and like. It's like it's kind of a genre within a genre where like where where two people are so far away that they're kind of communicating by like signs or something like mm-hmm. that. Like Quiet Place kind of does that too. Mm-hmm. And in Dawn, I think the remake of Dawn of the Dead, uh, there's like the yeah. two guys on the roof that with the sniper rifle and they're kind of like you know killed a couple over here. How many? G-, you know, and they're just like they become kind of friends. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. The just blood through. scene in that is really, really good. Like, because they're communicating through like signs, yeah, and shit. Yeah. And I think the it's the gun shop owner or whatever, like gets bit or gets whatever, mm-hmm. and he just like smears blood on like a poster board to show like, hey man, this is right. This I forgot game over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I love I love when they do stuff like that. I like I like that. World building helps so much in, in the post apocalypse, like economies. Stuff like that. I, I eat all that stuff up. Like Book of Eli when he, he shows up to town and he's bartering with him just to get a fucking charge on his iPod. <laughs> Shit like that. When he asks for water and they call it the good stuff, even though they got all right. the alcohol there. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and Fallout 3 too, like you, the, the whole survival aspect. Like there's dirty water, there's clean water, and there's ways to get rid yeah. of the radiation. And it just, just love all that stuff. I love... I'd, I, I've often fantasized about living in a situation like that, like whether you could do it or not. I've reached the age where I don't want to fuck with any of that shit. Just give me a good 
TV show, movie, game, and let me let me experience that way. Kayla, I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't say 28 days later. Uh, got your boy walking around naked for 10 minutes straight. and That's uh, about as much of that movie I've seen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you were done. He's like, oh, he puts pants yeah, on. Pornhub only has that. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, she's classy, Mike. She only gets her skin from Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin. Okay. <laughs> subscription. The, the, the paid one. Yeah. <laughs> she just looks at the pictures. She doesn't like... <laughs> It's a 99 cent trial. She just has a shit ton of different email addresses. Watching Chernobyl recently, like that seems like we shouldn't have fucking survived that shit. Like that should have been a we almost did it. Like man, that that was so well done too. And just seeing like I rewatched that not too long ago. That was good. Oh, it's so good. I just watched it last week for the first time. I watched it when it first came out because people. I watched the first episode. I'm like, this is pretty good, and then like, whatever. And then uh, I finished it, and then uh, well, I watched the first episode, and then people were going crazy about how good it is. And then yeah. I'm like, I guess I'll finish it. It's so good. I think it's the same showrunner is doing the uh, the Last of Us series for HBO, so it's got got some legs under it at least. Oh, nice because. Yeah. That's that's got delayed, huh? That's twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. They can take their time. That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Where'd, yeah. Who did they cast for it? Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal is Joel, and I don't know who. I forget who's. I forgot her name, but she's the Lord Mormont from. Lady oh Mormont yes, from Lady Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I also got forget you. her name. They just recently announced the casting of, um, and now I'm forgetting. Riley, her her like early life love interest, like Ellie's, yeah. um, uh, and, and it's the sister character, and I'm forgetting her name on Euphoria. Um, oh, like, from an, I, that's I immediately was thinking. I hope they that is her. She's in the Invisible Man as well. The you're right. She's yeah, really, yeah. really good, and I'm I'm cool. excited for that casting. I think I I really dig her in in Euphoria, and I didn't even put it together about. Uh, the Invisible Man, but yeah, she's she's really good, and I think she she look. I mean, she looks like Riley too, so that doesn't um that doesn't hurt anything. Cool. I I hope that's good. Hope well, we'll have another post-apocalypse, you know, show to watch. Uh, we're running out. Well, everyone out there, be safe. You know. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a real one on our hands someday. Stock up on iodine. <laughs> <laughs> All the salt. <laughs> that about wraps up episode 65 of The Machine of Nonsense. We talked Boba Fett, Peacemaker, Horizon, the Oscar noms, the Super Bowl trailers, jam-packed, and a little bit of post-apocalypse talk to sprinkle on top hope you enjoyed it if you did and you're not subscribed to the pod go ahead and do that we're on every podcast app go ahead and leave us a review or something tell a friend share it we're on social media facebook twitter and instagram go ahead and join our facebook fan group called monsters we've got a poll up there that uh, mike might be currently leading uh, it was for our N64 draft on our last episode. Um, Mike is currently leading. The The fans think he has the best draft of N64 titles. But um, there you go. I, 
<laughs> if you haven't voted yet, go ahead and uh, give your host a vote. Um, <laughs> that's on the Monstars fan group. Uh, when are we closing that? Oh. Uh, Let's close uh, it today. As soon as, yeah. as, soon as I, uh, as soon as I went, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've got the power, so, yeah. uh, hope you enjoyed episode 65, the post post apocalypse episode. I was your host, Eric. I was joined by Kayla, Mike and Aaron. We're getting out of here and we're saying goodbye. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye.